Hello, and welcome to the Emma's for Mama podcast. I'm your host, Abby Halberstadt, happy wife, mama to 10, Bible-believing Christian. And before we jump into today's show, I want to remind you about our new sponsor, Milk and Honey Jewelry. They make such a unique and fun product that can be an heirloom gift to yourself or to someone else to commemorate the time that you spent feeding your baby, either breastfeeding or bottle feeding your baby. And they have a DIY kit that you can make your own beautiful jewelry with by turning your breast milk or formula into basically a beautiful white stone in the jewelry. And if you order that kit by December 15th, which is only two days away, then you'll be able to get it by Christmas for you or a friend. You can use the code ABBY, A-B-B-I-E, for 15% off your entire order at www.milkandhoney.jewelry. Okay, so I wanted to round out our series on Christmas. And I was laughing with my son today who does the editing for my podcast about the fact that I think I mentioned when I talked about gratefulness and thankfulness at Thanksgiving that I wasn't necessarily going to do uh, seasonal topics, that I probably wouldn't talk about Christmas necessarily just because it was Advent season. And then what did I do? I did a series about Christmas because quite honestly, Seasonal stuff lends itself to really great content, and you want to be sure that you're answering the questions that you're being asked. And I have been asked so many questions about our family's traditions and the ways that we make this time joyful and honor the Lord and are generous to others. And we talked about those in last week's episode, episode two of our series about Christmas. And then I also get asked about Santa Claus and what you do with him and how to approach that from a biblical perspective. And I talked about that in part one. And today I want to wrap up our series with the next kind of question that I get asked the most, which is what if Christmas just isn't magical? What if there isn't joy? What if I am not quote unquote feeling it this season? Or there are all kinds of reasons why this is not a good time of year for me because I have really hard memories associated with it or, um, you know, financial hardships and health complications. There are so many things that seem to crop up around this time of year, whether it's the weather, um, how dark it gets and how early it gets that dark. Um, Just, you know, ice on the roads that can cause tragic accidents. I mean, there are a number of factors that can contribute to the fact that it seems like sometimes December for some people is the least merry month of the year. And so I want to address that. I want to acknowledge those of you who are struggling with this Advent season, those of you who are, um, who are sad, who are downtrodden, who are not, not only just not feeling it, but feeling rejected and alone. And this isn't going to be a super long podcast. I mostly want it to be a source of encouragement and a source of acknowledgement and empathy to you because I think there is so much focus on quote, making magic. And we've addressed this some in the last two episodes, so I won't dive deep into that again. And so much, um, so much emphasis on making memories, which there's nothing wrong with making memories. In fact, there are many, many good things about making memories with our children and with our families and with our friends and with our church family that, helps to bond us together, helps us to support each other. And I think those are all great. But actually, when we look at what the Advent season is anticipating, when we look at what the the focus of Christmas truly should be, 
It's not about magic. In fact, if we're going to look at what scripture has to say about the concept of magic, as far as the practice of the occult, obviously we're to run far from that. And that could be a whole podcast in and of itself in the ways that this concept of magic and new age and the occult and manifestation and self-actualization and basically self-deification, which often involves lots of magical practices has become so prevalent in our society. So maybe we'll tackle that one day. But obviously when we're talking about magic in the vein of Christmas, it's more the idea of sparkles and fun and joy and that warm, fuzzy, nostalgic feeling that you get this time of year if you have good associations. But when we look from a biblical perspective, what we are actually anticipating truly deep down in our souls is not a warm, fuzzy feeling that fades away. In fact, is known to plummet dramatically after the wrapper has been ripped off, after the sparkles have been swept up, after the stale French toast has been thrown away, after the Christmas decorations have been packed back in the boxes. It's been known to be this just phenomenon of after Christmas blues because you hype things up so high and then you can't maintain that level of excitement. And to some extent, artificial joy. Yes, there is true joy, but the, the external things that whip up that frenzy of, oh, this is the best time of the year, the songs and the lights and all those good things that are not necessarily inherently something to worry about, but that can let us down because they are not a true source of hope and truth. If we are focused on those as the magic, then, and we are anticipating those, we will be disappointed eventually. Even if all of them are fulfilled in the moment, eventually all the sparkles will be gone Everything will be packed away and we'll be left with January. <laughs> we'll be left with what feels like quite often the longest month of the year by three or four weeks, right? January 47th rolls around and we are miserable again and we are struggling and we are, you know, fighting seasonal depression and we've gone back to school and we've gone back to work and everything just seems so dull and boring compared to that quote unquote magic of Christmas. So our hope cannot be in that temporary high. If it is, it is a fragile and failing hope indeed. But instead we anticipate the birth of a savior. And if we are anticipating a savior, it must mean that he has come to save us from something. So the gospel, as we have so often talked about here, and the good news, which is what the gospel means, is that although we are sinners, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And to do that, to have that sacrificial death on the cross, he had to first come for us as a human being, to take on the flesh and the suffering of humankind, to walk the dusty dirt roads that we walk, to do the same labor, to sleep the same fitful sleep some nights, to have the same struggles interpersonally we see in the New Testament, in the Gospels, how often Jesus has these interactions with people who just don't get it. Even those that are the closest to him, his disciples, seem to not understand his mission. They seem to misunderstand him. They seem to want things from him that they shouldn't. And we see sometimes his exasperation his, his loving exasperation and saying like, oh, you have little faith. Oh, when will you understand? You know, how long must I be long suffering with you? 
Um, and so we know that he experienced human emotions, but in those human emotions, he still didn't sin. So I want to acknowledge, like we have before in our therapy discussion, in other podcasts, that the emotions themselves are not the problem. The Lord gave us emotions. He gave us the ability to feel sad. He gave us the ability to be disappointed. He gave us the ability to be downtrodden and downcast. But he also gave us the hope of a savior. He gave us Jesus in the flesh as a tiny baby. And that is what we anticipate. That is what keeps us with our eyes focused, not on the glow of the Christmas tree, but on the rough splintered wood of the tree that became the cross on which Jesus died for our sins. So I know that you, if you are a Christian, have heard this many times before. I hope that it never sounds trite. I hope this is never a source of, oh, la-di-da, here we go, walking through the gospel again. It should always be a source of wonder and joy to hear about the amazing sacrifice and willing love that our Savior has for us. If you are not a Christian and this is news to you that you have to do nothing, not one single thing to get God to quote like you, to save yourself, to shine yourself up enough to be worthy of love and acceptance and salvation, I want you to hear that now. But as Christmas rolls in ever closer, we've only got a couple of weeks left, I think less than, right? Um, and you, in some cases, some of you are really struggling with the emotions that accompany that. Maybe you've lost a loved one. Maybe you've lost a job. Maybe you are struggling with finding friends. Maybe you don't have anywhere to go. You've just moved and you don't know where to go for Christmas dinner or for caroling or Christmas Eve service. And you just feel left out and neglected. It could be something as simple as your baby not sleeping through the night and you just find yourself drowning in tiredness. And what you really want for your family is more joy and more peace. And you feel like you're striving so hard and you just don't have the energy for it. I think those are all very valid and real reasons to not think that this is the most wonderful time of the year. And I think that that is just fine. But what I want to encourage you and what I'm always encouraging us to do is to look beyond what we are experiencing in this moment to acknowledge those emotions without staying there and saying these define me and therefore determine my actions and the path that I will choose going forward and say instead, Lord, you are not surprised by this. No matter how dire my circumstances, this is not news to you. You are with me in this. You go before me in this. We've said this so many times before, you will never leave me or forsake me. I can cast all my cares on you for you care for me. And you care about the birds of the air and the flowers of the field. And you dress them more beautifully than you even dress Solomon in his temple. And so how much more do you care about the details of my life? How much more do you care about the fact that I'm struggling to summon up even an ounce of enjoyment of this season to look forward to anything to look forward to getting out of bed in the morning and not to be a downer, but that's where some people are. Um, I'm not there on the not getting out of bed in the morning, but I have to confess to you that I am not quote unquote feeling it a whole lot this Christmas season. 
And I can think of many Christmas seasons in years past where for one reason or another, it was the same. I felt this pressure often self-induced, piled on top of my own shoulders. Nobody else was expecting this of me to make sure that everything was just so, that my children enjoyed every moment, that I ticked all of the supposed shoulds and to-dos of being a, a quote-unquote good mom at Christmas. And ironically, when you're striving so hard to do all the things that you should do, often you neglect the very thing which will give you supernatural energy and joy, which is drawing close to Jesus. And that, that peace that passes all understanding, that guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, as we take every thought captive under the lordship of King Jesus, has the ability to give us new eyes, has the ability to take our focus off of the very hard circumstances or the, um, the unruly emotions, the thoughts that we can't seem to quite get a hold of on our own. And it can flip the narrative completely and say, okay, yes, I acknowledge these things. They're real. I'm striving. I'm failing. But I know the God who never fails. And again, not trite. It is a lifeline. So usually in the past, when I found myself struggling with Christmas, it's because I have a lot of little children, a lot of things on my plate, and what it feels like not enough help, and too many things to do for one person. And you're trying to do all the basics, you're trying to keep up with the shoes, and you're trying to get food on the table, and you're trying to read the bedtime stories and teach the letters and the numbers and get places sort of on time and remember the diaper bag. And that season in and of itself can really drain the quote unquote magic from Christmas because you just are so overwhelmed. You're drowning in the responsibilities that you have. So if that's your season, I want to encourage you to release those expectations and to lean heavily on the joy of the Lord because it can look very different than going to Santa land and going to see the Christmas lights and um, having a new cookie that you bake every single day. I kid you not that I uh, had a goal for myself and my children one year, several years ago, that we were going to bake a new cookie every day because, you know, cookie baking is fun. That doesn't sound like too much pressure, right? <laughs> I'm laughing because it sounds like a ton of pressure right now. Um, and I think we ended up baking maybe two or three. And not only did we not need that much sugar in our lives, but we didn't need that kind of pressure. We didn't need that kind of expectation that who was doing it? I was doing it. I heard someone did that somewhere and was like, we can give that a shot. That would be fun. We'll take them to neighbors. I'm sure the neighbors would have been so sick of us. So, um, and I was able to say, okay, you know, that was an unreasonable expectation. The two or three that we baked were plenty good enough. This year, in not being in our own home, there is kind of a double-edged feeling I have about that, which one obviously is disappointment because it's so much more fun and so much more joyful to be in your own home among your own comfortable surroundings with the things that you're familiar with, to feel completely relaxed in your environment and to not have to think about that aspect of the Christmas hustle, right? You just breathe a sigh of relief and relax. And we don't have that this year. And that is frustrating, sure. 
But the flip side of it, I had a friend that messaged me and said, is this the address that would be the rental address that we're in right now that I should send Christmas cards to? And I said, yep, that's the address. And then I said something like, unfortunately, she said, I'm so sorry. Um, and I said, you know, thank you. But I think that there is probably something very good about a very low key Christmas in a rental that I don't feel obligated or motivated or this pressure to decorate. Um, I don't feel pressure to decorate my home, but I enjoy doing it. I'm not motivated to do that in a house that's not mine. Um, and so we've put up little things here and there, and the girls have just really enjoyed doing that. And that's been their thing more than mine this year, and that's fine. I said, I think there's probably a lot of good in that being this year's Christmas, even though I wouldn't have chosen the circumstances because it's just been such an intense fall that to have Christmas be less intense, even if it's less magical is probably a good thing. And her, and I said, the Lord knows. And she said, I know, but it doesn't mean it's easy. And I just smiled and I thought, yep, yep. It's so true. And yet what are we always reminding ourselves of just because it's not easy doesn't mean it's bad. Hard is not the same thing as bad. Now, again, we've talked about the fact that hard is not the same thing as good. But in this case, I do see good in this. So if you, or at least I see the Lord's provision through it, even if I don't, even if I don't love the particulars, if you find yourself nodding along and relating and saying, yeah, I can see the ways that the Lord has brought good out of this hard situation, the ways that he is pruning my heart in this Christmas season, it may not be as fun as I would like. I may not be as relaxed. It may not be as glowy and wonderful as it is on the Hallmark cards but I can still see his goodness in his hand. Um, big hug to you through, through the internet on this podcast. I am with you and I can relate. Solidarity, sister. If you're thinking, Abby, my situation is so much harder than this. We don't know where money for our mortgage is coming from, much less um, money for Christmas presents. Then an even bigger hug, even though that is not my story. I have a different story of a not as exciting Christmas this year. I want you to know that I am praying, maybe not specifically for your name. You could certainly email me and I would pray specifically for your name. Um, but I am praying for those of you who are struggling. That's why I wanted to do this podcast. It's why I wanted to end on what they seem like a down note, but it's actually very much so a note of real hope. We have a savior who is full of joy and truth and peace and love and all of those things that we celebrate at Christmas and yearn for throughout the year as well. Not because we are able to manufacture warm, fuzzy feelings, but because he is overall and in all and through all to him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. If you enjoy the MS for Mama podcast, I would be so honored if you would subscribe and follow along, maybe share with friends or even leave a review. And if you want more content on motherhood and biblical responses to cultural issues, be sure to follow along on Instagram at m.is.for.mama.